0: We all know that the number currently associated with Oklahoma State's success in recruiting is not exactly indicative of the actual talent that we're bringing in. But hovering in the 50s, we got to pump those numbers. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. You are a locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy y'all and hello all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you for stopping by to make this your first listen. Here on Locked On Oklahoma State, we're available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter at AllDayOState. Today, we are brought to you by FanDuel. There's a reason It is America's number one sportsbook betting partner, so make sure you're getting your bets squared away for football season to take off. Don't miss a minute of the action. Get in on it now. Speaking of getting in on the action, let's talk a little bit about recruiting. Yes, the number is what it is. We're hovering 56, 57, 58, 59, right around that range between most of the recruiting services. And even though we know that oklahoma state doesn't get the the boost in recruiting that some of the universities get in the big 12 just by simply committing we also know that the, in, it is a numbers game and perception does matter at least to some degree so sometimes you're you're battling this war of perception and in the war of perception you cannot continually be going backwards in the numerical process that is associated with ranking your, your recruiting classes. Now, Landon Cleveland has been the shot in the arm that we need. He's been the guy that's kind of been the quarterback as far as the recruiting side defensively goes. And we've got some more guys defensively that we need to land, but we also need a guy on the offensive side of the ball to be that that quarterback, right? The guy who recruits other guys to come in with them. We still need that guy. So let's talk about um, uh, t- five guys. That not only are on a wish list, but these are legitimate guys, right? I could reach for the stars and say, I wanna go get Danny Okoye. Right? It's 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 just it's not gonna happen. Okay, fine. We'll just we'll move on from that. Not a big deal. These are dudes that have Oklahoma State squarely in their sights that are realistic. And uh, I want to let's go ahead and, and jump into this because I want to save some room for guy number one. So we'll start off with number five on my list, and this is a new guy that's jumped up onto the board for me, and that is Kiefer Sibley. Kiefer Sibley is a five foot eight, hundred seventy five pound, currently listed as a cornerback at of Connolly High School in the Waco, Texas area. But when I say listed as cornerback, it should be athlete, right? He's a legitimate three-star guy. We are competing with Colorado, Nebraska, and Purdue for his services. But just like we talk about how Cameron Hurd, now that we have the news of Arlen Bruce putting himself in a precarious situation moving forward, Cameron Hurd might be called upon a little bit more than we we thought coming into this season. Well, he's got a... a, Athletic background that is going to afford him some opportunities to be not only mentally prepared, but physically prepared as well. We've had the same conversation with Cameron Epps on the other side of the ball, playing cornerback. He was the jack of all trades in high school. This is the exact same scenario. Kiefer Sibley plays a lot offensively, whether it be quarterback, wildcat, wide receiver, running back, and then the, the defensive side of the ball, safety, corner, linebacker, whatever. He's very good. At utilizing the field to his advantage, right? understanding how to take the the proper angles, he's he's deceptively fast too, because when you look like or look at it on film, it almost looks like the dude's jogging half the time. And so I, I had to look back repeatedly to see what school they were playing to see what classification of high school this dude was from, because it didn't look like he was running full speed. But he's playing for a football in the state of Texas, in the Waco area. So this is legit. Like, he's legitimately running away from guys while jogging. He's got really, really good ability to get in and out of breaks. I think he's got pretty decent hands. I didn't see as much film from him uh, at the cornerback position, which is the only part of this that I find a little bit intriguing. But you can say the same thing about Cameron Hurd. You can say the same thing about Cameron Epps. Some of these guys, it just translates. It just translates. So I really hope that we can obtain the services of Mr. Sibley. I don't know what position he's going to play. It appears as though the defensive side of the ball is what we're looking at. But at 5'8", Buck 75, he looks like a good slot receiver to me. He acts like one. So I really hope that this is somebody that we can get in the building Sooner rather than later. Next on my list is we're going to stay in the state of Texas. Brian Taylor. We talked about him a little bit earlier uh this week. Six foot five, two hundred sixty pound defensive lineman out of Blinn College in Texas. We've had some success with Blinn. Blinn, in and of themselves, have been a very successful JUCO in in getting guys to the next level. But I really like. What Brian Taylor offers, I think, that we're just scratching the surface of what he can do. Blinn College thinks the same. And it's down to another Big 12 foe in Oklahoma State and Utah. Utah's putting on the full court press, rolling out the red carpet, all of that fun jazz. But if you talk about fit, right, and you talk about somebody who can dominate a point of attack and, and eat up double teams and still potentially have the body by glass ability to do more on the outside, I think Brian Taylor fits that bill. I really do. So, he would be uh, number four in line for me. Number three is going to be Legend Journey. He he possibly would be higher on this list, but this is the, the, the waiting game. I've been hearing for a while that it's pretty much O-State. You know, Cal has been keeping his interest. Houston as well. As Mizzou, Ole Miss, TCU, Texas Tech, Washington. There's teams that are keeping his interest. But he seems to have narrowed it, down, narrowed it down a little little while ago. What he's waiting on to make the decision, I honestly could not tell you. That means something. something's weighing on him. I don't know if that weight is tipping the scale in our way still or if there's something else weighing on him tipping the scale uh, a little bit the other way, which we're going to talk about in segment two because it does happen, and it's crazy how it can happen. Number two on my list, got to be Devon Jordan. Five foot eleven, hundred seventy-five pound cornerback out of Union High School in the great state of Oklahoma. He recently removed Vandy, which I found interesting. But if you look at the GPA and and the the mental side of the game, it does make some sense. Okay, but he did knock Vandy, K State, Mizzou, Iowa State, and Miami out of his top ten recently. Just released the top five seems to be kind of you know getting closer and closer to making that decision everybody thought he was OU 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 it was a done deal for a long time so again just like the the that pendulum of weight can swing one way or the other you don't you don't exactly know but it does seem to be 50-50 down the middle Oklahoma State and OU TCU Texas A&M and Alabama are still very much in the race but everything I'm finding, everything I'm reading, everything I'm hearing, it's OU and OSU, but Oklahoma State has done enough for him to kind of hit the pause button and think about this a little bit more seriously. And of course, Bama is, is going to make sure that they stay involved. TCU should be involved, very comparable defensively. And then A&M has, they have A&Ms all over the place. I mean, the money A&Ms. <laughs> all right, number one. And, and I wanted to save a little bit of time for this guy specifically. You probably already guessed it. it's Malakay Smith, the six foot four, two hundred pound quarterback out of Juniper Sierra, California. We we've talked about him being you know the guy on the bucket list. We've also talked about that if for whatever reason we don't get Malakay Smith, River Warren and uh, Oki is a very very good option at the quarterback position if we can't land Malakay Smith. But if you saw recently, BYU has got a couple different four-star quarterbacks recently. So if it was, in fact, down to Oklahoma State, BYU, and Arizona, BYU was trying to push to get some kind of a commitment. And it just, you know, Malake wanted to take his time. He wanted to be a little bit more diligent in the process instead of just willy-nilly making a decision. BYU got tired of waiting. Now they have multiple quarterbacks in this class. If you notice, we have been very selective in our approach to the quarterback position. I think that it's a pretty good indication that we're pretty happy. We're pretty happy with with Garrett Rangel. We're pretty happy with Gunnar Gundy. We're happy with the maturation process thus far of Zane Flores. You know, even even something like, um, you know, Peyton, He, He does offer something, Peyton Thompson, he offers something that does help Oklahoma State University. But Milwaukee Smith should make this decision. And let's face it, Arizona is just not up to speed yet. He's too good to be at Arizona. I I don't have to say that about BYU, but BYU's put themselves in a position that it should be benefiting us. If he wants to know he can go somewhere and not only be the guy, because he can go to Arizona and be the guy, but be the guy that has the opportunity to compete for titles. Oklahoma State is light years closer to that being a realistic possibility than Arizona. I think Arizona is going to be better this year than last year. I think Arizona is better than some people are giving them credit for. But they're not Oklahoma State. They're not in the same breath. They're not on the same playing field. And Milwaukee Smith should come to Oklahoma State because we have something set up really nice right now with the quarterback room, but you got to have competition. And this dude has phenomenal pocket awareness. His poise is amazing. Uh, His footwork is next level. Whenever you see a kid coming up, right, sometimes at a young age, you can just see it. The ball jumps off of his hand differently. Uh, he sees the field differently. He's more athletic than everybody else. All, no, no matter what is associated with that kid specifically, there's things that jump off the page. And he is one of those, the ball flies out of his hand effortlessly. Right? There's no wasted motion. Again, like I said, his footwork is, is next level. And uh, the amount of velocity he can put on the ball, but also he has some touch. He can throw on the run. His really good uh, platform that he he uses to get reset up, whether he's rolling right or he's rolling left, he doesn't throw across his body. He kind of resets his shoulders and gets square before he lets it rip, which is a really good adaptation that he's made. But you see some of these off-platform off, off platform type of throws that your Baker Mayfields and your Patrick Mahomes style of, of guys make. It's becoming more commonplace. Malakie Smith, instead of doing that, he found a, a way to get his body back underneath him. So it's pretty rarefied air for him to approach the game inside the pocket like he does. He's a pocket presence. But he does have the capability to athletically extend plays and make crazy stuff happen out of the blue. I think this is a perfect scenario for him. I think it's a perfect scenario for Oklahoma State University. and And hopefully we can get in now. Um, uh, because it's looking pretty promising. So before we we jump into the next segment, real quick, I did have to bring up some of the things. So we've talked about Malachi Smith going to the same school as Tom Brady, but whenever you I looked up some of the records, I was just kind of curious to see if he even was on some of the lists with Tom Brady. Um, and he is, guys. He's only like 700 yards away from passing Tom Brady on the Most Yards career passing list for Juniper Sierra. Number one is Luke Batari, and he pops up a lot on this list, so I did a little bit of digging. That dude broke several records at San Mateo, and then he went to Utah last year. Everybody watched what Cam Rising was able to do, so he's recently transferred to Cal. He'll have the opportunity um, to to get some PT. And he probably should because the dude has a lot of records, and he shattered the records at San Mateo for touchdowns, and then he put up almost 5,000 yards. Pretty impressive. But when you look at this, yeah, he's only like 700 yards away from passing Tom Brady on the all-time yards list. Most yards in a season, he's number one all-time. You look down there, most attempts, he's like one, two, three, four, five, six. He's eighth all-time. Um, Most attempts in a game, he's number one all-time. Most completions in a season, he's already top seven all-time. Most completions in uh, the season, number two all-time. Most completions in a single game, number one all-time. Most touchdowns in in their career in a very, very small sample size, he's already on, on that list as well. Most touchdowns in a season, Malakai Smith, thirty-four, and then most touchdowns in a game, Milwaukee Smith is uh, shows up twice on the top six in their school history. He is that good. He is that good. He needs to be that guy. And things can change. Recruiting is kind of wonky, and we're about to talk about that in the next segment. But real quick, ladies and gentlemen. We, we we talked about it in in the uh the beginning we got to get you squared away with FanDuel football season is literally right around the corner so do not miss out on any opportunities to get some bonus bets squared away right now you uh bet on a Super Bowl winner and you get bonus bets every time they win games in the regular season like that's pretty cool so just pick any team Right to win the Super Bowl, and you get bonus bets for every single victory they have throughout the course of the season. You can also bet on spreads, you can bet on player props, you can bet on the over/under, and and so many other things like who's going to score next, and this and that and the other. Oklahoma State specifically, if you have the ability to get on there and hammer the over, make sure you hammer that. It's going to be easy money, ladies and gentlemen. The over and under six point five. Uh, th- that's going to be that's going to be a money maker laying down all day, every day. So do yourself a fa- favor. Get this uh, Get this thing rocking and rolling. Go to Fanduel right now, .com, slash locked on, and start earning the bonus bets with America's number one sports book. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on, Fandle.com, slash locked on. Get yourself started. You ain't going to regret it. And you get to make, make a little bit of extra every time your Super Bowl pick just wins games in the season. All right, so the, the next thing we need to talk about is the, the changes in recruiting. So I found something super interesting this morning, just scouring the, the landscape of football stuff as we do. And I ran across an interview with Manti Teo. And it was talking about the recruiting process. And, you know, he had BYU in there. USC was obviously in there. Notre Dame was in there. Uh, Utah was a little bit further down the list. So not only did it have some Big 12 type of, of ties, but it also was just insanely interesting to hear how the process can go. It is different than than my day. Back in my day, you know, your, your coaches had a lot of, of – hand in the decision as did your parents your your guidance counselor athletic directors there's people inside your high school inside the football locker room that would help you make these decisions right they would tell you this is the staff that does x y and z they run this style of system which is going to be good for you they've been running this defense for x amount of years yada 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 now of course that stuff does still take place but now these dudes are traveling all across the country playing in seven-on-seven seven against each other, with each other, so they're they're crossing paths. And then a lot of them are friends on social media, so they have conversations. I hated when Mason Rudolph and Baker Mayfield were buddies going to the beach together. Imagine my surprise now to know that these dudes talk on a pretty regular basis. I think it does take a little bit of the bite out of some of the rivalries in college. I, it does. you don't hate the guy anymore down the road unless they're OU. And even, even then, you know, there's their buddies there. Like we, we watched it with Mason and Baker. Didn't like it then. I don't like it now, but it's part of the gig. So anyways, this man, I tell, and he was talking about how, you know, he had two family members that were at BYU. So BYU was definitely in the running, you know, his his faith and, and being, Everything encompassed of what it is in the state of Utah for religious purposes. Utah was in consideration as well, but he really wanted to go to USC. USC up and down all day, every day. And then, you know, a couple of days before National Signing Day, they doubled down red carpet, right? They rolled him into USC. They showed him everything. Pete Carroll showed him a phenomenal time, as did all of the hosts and the people on the, the recruiting trip. And it was exactly what he ever dreamed it would be. And he goes home and has this conversation with his dad and he's like, dad, I think it's going to be USC. His dad's like, all right, cool, man. Just pray about it. Right. That's it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. I I will. I'll pray about it, dad for sure. I will. Next day has conversation, right? Is it still going to be USC? Oh yeah. Yeah. Dad, it's still definitely going to be USC. All right. Did you pray about it yet? No, no, I, I haven't, but he, he had a couple little signs poke up, right? One coach was like, Oh, well, that's surprising. I, I, Pictured you as a Notre Dame guy, but congrats on going to USC tomorrow. And then another, you know, another guy um, inside the high school, pretty comparable, you know, he was like, You could, you could, you could go to USC. You could be another guy in the long line of Polynesian greats that went to USC. I just figured you'd be the first Manti Teo at Notre Dame. And, you know, he, he sits back in class, and he just scoots back, and he says a little prayer. And right when he says a prayer, his phone blows up, and it just happened to be his dad. And his dad was letting him know that Notre Dame was calling to just wish him well in his decision. No matter what he decided, they just wanted to let him know that the, somebody was getting a steal. Whoever was getting Mante Teo was getting a generational talent at, at linebacker. And it, it just it hit him. It hit him, and he said when he knew, right then and there, he knew, and it was last minute. It was literally last minute. He'd already, he'd already told every coach and everybody at USC that, that would love to listen that it was a done deal. He was a Trojan. It's what he wanted. It's what he always had wanted. He'd always been a fan. It his heart of hearts. He was a Trojan, but something spoke to him. Something inside him told him, no. You need to go to Notre Dame. And so he begrudgingly, reluctantly, the next that that day, he gets in the car. He's riding home with his dad. And he said, Dad, I, I'm not going to USC. His dad is amazed, surprised, pulls the car over. What do you mean you're not going to USC? It's, it's decision time. It's the day. And he said, I'm just, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to. That's still what I want to do, but. I need to. I need to go to Notre Dame. And his dad said, "Ah, you prayed about it, huh?" And he just started smiling. Left it at that. They went on about their way. He's got to call Coach Pete Carroll now because Pete Carroll's told everybody under the moon that Manti Te'o is a USC Trojan, also. And he's got to you know break this news to him. And Pete Carroll tried, as did the the other people on the staff. And they were kind of tearing down Notre Dame. You won't accomplish much there. They're not going to play for you know national titles. You're not going to get the exposure. You're going to be wasted, a wasted talent, this and that and the other, yada, yada, yada. And he said they were talking for like hours. And as he's pulling up to the gymnasium to walk into the school to, you know, do the the hat thing on TV, he's still on the phone. He's like, Coach, I got to go. Coach, I got to go into this auditorium. Coach, I got to go do this. Finally, he just gives the phone to his mom. And he says his mom, super devout, religious, doesn't curse has a very quick conversation with the USC coaching staff and almost gets teary-eyed. She's about to start crying, and she says, okay, Coach, well, uh, we, wish, we wish you luck. And they, she hangs up the phone, gets off the phone, and says, I hope that you give them, well, she said a choice word. I hope you mess them up every year for the next four years. Didn't know what the USC coach has said to his mom, but it didn't matter something guided him to go to Notre Dame he made the decision clearly it was the right decision for him but i just i found it pretty eye opening that there's a lot of things that pop up in the recruiting every year it happens to us and for us and everybody else in the country is not exempt to this either you get a big time guy that you never saw coming, or you lose somebody that's been committed to you for months. It happens every single year. It'll always happen. And, you know, we got to benefit from that recently with Kendall Daniels. Jimbo Fisher was kind enough to allow Kendall Daniels out of his letter of intent before spring and all that stuff started because he knew that everything was pulling him to Stillwater. He just he knew it was the right move. He went to A&M because it was A&M and, you know, all the pageantry and the SEC and all of this fun jazz. But he realized being away from home and not accomplishing some of the things I can go accomplish in Stillwater just didn't make sense. So you never know. You never know what's happening. You never know what conversations are being had because it's not just, you know, family is crazy. Your mom and dad have a vested interest in what you do, but your brothers have an idea. Your sisters have an idea. Your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your buddies. Everybody has ideas of where you should go. And we're, and we're no different. Like, we're having this conversation about Malachi Smith. We're having this conversation about Devon Jordan and, and, and Legend Journey. Like, there's people pulling them in multiple directions as we speak, right here, right now. So, we need to be a little bit more forgiving and gracious in high school kids in their decision making process. It's not always about the right or wrong decision. Sometimes it's about the people around them. And do the people around them want them to make the right decision? Do they have an agenda? Do they, you know, do they not care? Are they pushing you? Are they not pushing you? Are they giving you information? Are they trying to sales pitch you? There's a lot that goes on. I mean, it is what it is. Well, I'm excited for some of these guys. I cannot wait. It can't come soon enough. I would venture to say out of the five that we've covered today, we get three of the five. I would say that pretty confidently. Uh, I, there's a chance that we get four of the five. I don't think we get all five. But that's because we, we just talked about it. You never know. Sometimes we need to be a little bit more forgiving in some of these decisions. All right, So the last thing that we got to get to—you see there—the the Madden um, ratings recently came out. It's pretty pretty fun, pretty interesting, pretty entertaining uh, to, to to see some of the Madden ratings for the Oklahoma State guys. And no matter you know where where you stand, it's just it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and of course. The guy who led everybody in in this category is, no surprise, Emmanuel Agba. But Emmanuel Agba is, you know, number one as far as the Cowboys that are on the list. But there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys on the list. Mason Rudolph being the lowest ranked Cowboy, I think is laughable. Josh Seals being down there makes sense because the legal stuff that he's going through. Um, But. Yeah, it's just it's it's entertaining. If you're a Madden guy, and you're gonna go out there and you know you're gonna be playing with some cowboys, just because it's kind of fun to do so, then this stuff is pretty cool. So yeah, man Ogba, seventy nine overall. Tevin Jenkins, Tevin Jenkins, seventy eight. Chuba Hubbard, seventy five. Jalen Warren, seventy four. After one year, that's pretty pretty big deal. Trey Flowers. A uh, consummate professional, big-bodied corner that's been in this league for quite some time, 74. Malcolm Rodriguez is undervalued here, but he's a, a 73. Justice Hill is, is right there with him at, at 73. Justice Hill is somebody who's looking to have a big season. Tanner Brown's obviously on there. Uh, we, we talked about Mason Rudolph being way too doggone low. But who are some of the other guys? <laughs> After Malcolm Rodriguez and Justice Hill, there's James Washington, 72. Tylen Wallace. 69, that's too low. We're seeing him getting fist fights in practice. That's a good thing. We're seeing him score touchdowns in the preseason. It's a good thing. Him and Justice Hill both should uh, get a decent amount of PT this year. Tanner Brown being the only kicker right now for the Rams, I think is a, a pretty good sign that he's in a safe spot. A.J. Green still carving out a nice career with the Cleveland Browns. Tyler Lacey already at the 66 for being a rookie is pretty good. Christian Holmes, if he didn't have that injury, he's he's very 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 higher on this score. But then you got Jason Taylor, a rookie right behind him, followed by Radarius Williams, pretty comparable, uh, I would say, to Christian Holmes. Started immediately as a rookie, had a big injury. Don't know what you're gonna get. Then you have Devin Harper, who's been making some stuff happen with the Dallas Cowboys, followed by Mason, Josh Shields, and Amen. Amen, mamiga I do think Amen's a little bit too low on this list. He's had a a nice little niche that he's, you know, carved out for himself over with the Chargers. We'll see if that continues. Uh, And then finally, if you didn't know, Oklahoma State University has introduced the idea that we're losing a wrestling coach. Zach Esposito is leaving for USA Wrestling. He's responsible for helping coach 67 All-Americans in his time in Stillwater. This is a, a little bit shocking, Uh, because we all know he was like the coach in waiting for John Smith. But you cannot turn down this opportunity. Good for him. Could be an exciting year for Cowboy Wrestling. It needs to be. But, uh, yeah, this is good for him. So, congrats. Shout out to him. He did his thing. He earned his stripe. You know I love you. That's all we're going to have for this one today. God bless. Go Pokes. I'll catch you on the next one. Later, taters.